Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and also streaming live on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. If you search any of your favorite social media platforms, we're really easy to find. Just search Picks and Parlays. Really easy. I'm your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find me on Twitter, at Chelsea Messenger. It's my name, it's my handle, and it's also really easy to find. Today is Thursday, November the 7th, and we've got a whole slew of things to bet on these days. We've got basketball, uh, both NBA and college basketball, and of course, we're dead in the middle of football season. We're starting to figure out who some of these teams really are. Some of the lines are getting a little sharper, so that means you really need to pay attention to our experts and <laughs> what they have to say on some of these picks because, as I mentioned, uh, the lines are getting sharper, and it means you need to bet a little smarter. On today's show, we're starting off with Premier League Soccer with Nick Gieber, who has had some excellent picks as of late, and people love to keep him accountable on Twitter. <laughs> so I know this firsthand because I'm always tagged in the tweets, and I see all of these people who are very grateful for his picks. And then in our second segment, we've got NFL with Chip Cherimbus, Chiefs, Titans, Rams, Steelers, and Ravens, Bengals. Don't know if you've been following uh, the Bengals situation with A.J. Green, uh, but today he spoke to reporters saying, that he's probably not going to play on Sunday. And if the team is unhappy with that, he said there are 32 other teams that wouldn't mind looking at him. First of all, it's only 31 other teams, AJ. <laughs> but granted, uh, that situation uh, doesn't look the best, and I can't blame him. Uh, playing for a team that has not won a game, uh, no need to risk further injury, I would say. And then finally today, we've got our college football rapid fire. It's a great week in college football. We've got some really great games on deck, uh, starting with a noon game. The undefeateds, Penn State, Minnesota, 3.30. We've got LSU, Alabama, and then NC State, Clemson. It's all next on Picks and Parlays, diving into soccer after the break. Welcome back to Picks and Parlays on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and also streaming live on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. You've got several ways to watch or listen. Either way, we're trying to make you some money or some dosh, as Nick Gieber likes to call it. Uh, we're starting off today's show with some Premier League soccer. As I mentioned, Nick Gieber is here <coughs> to flood us with some knowledge about his soccer picks that he gives us uh, I know he gives us some picks on Thursdays, probably some other days as well, and he also has his own show that does pretty well uh, in those picks. Nick, hello. How are you hello, doing? Chelsea. <clears throat> and how are you doing, Chelsea? You're looking good there. I know you're, uh, uh, we, we, we drag you back from your maternity leave, but you're not quite there yet. How long do we have to wait, Chelsea? Um, about two weeks until I'm supposed to have a baby, but... Uh, if you don't have any experience with um, birthing and child uh, labor, uh, not child labor, 
uh, giving being in labor with a child. Uh, babies. Well, what, what are you with? Uh, are you with Target right now, Chelsea? Who's that, laughing? I can hear Tony Tellez laughing, laughing in the background. We I was going to say somebody's it. laughing, and I don't see yeah. your lips moving. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's not me. It's my ventriloquist. All right. Well, Chelsea, listen. Uh, short of working uh, at Target with child labor, uh, we wish you all the child best. Child labor. Of course. Oh no. But we do have. I'm already a, a great mom. <laughs> we do have a huge weekend ahead in the Premier League. Uh, look, I've picked three great matches to get to, and we'll kind of run through them because we're short of time already. Uh, but I just want to say that this weekend is just jam-packed with really meaningful matches in the Premier League. We're going to kick it off tomorrow with a relegation six-pointer where number 20, number 20, that's windless, Watford, are going to travel to Carroll Road to face number 19, Norwich. Again, remember, 18, 19, and 20 at the end of the season, they go down to the lower league. It's unlike anything in America. Saturday, we have another relegation six-pointer where number 17, Everton, will travel to St. Mary's to take on number 18, Southampton. Remember, this is a team that got tonked 9-0 by Leicester. Spurs, they're going to try to get their season back on track when they uh, hold this season's, where they host this season's surprise package at Sheffield United. Of course, we've got Leicester, Arsenal, Newcastle, Bournemouth, Chelsea, Palace. And the, meat, the weekend's delicious, steaming, piping hot entree ready for everybody on Sunday. It's a huge battle. One and two. Liverpool will host Manchester City, the European champion against the champions of Europe. Chelsea, shall we start with that very match? If you want to, we can start with the best. Let's start with Liverpool, Manchester City. As you mentioned, one versus two, Liverpool uh, plus 170 in this one. The draw is plus 240, and Manchester City is plus 170. Who do you like in this one, or what's the play? So the current odds are plus 170 for Liverpool and 170 for Man City, right? Yeah. Yeah, and the draw is plus 240? That's what I have. Well, I like, I like the draw for this one, folks. I'm going to tell you why. Look, I'm a huge Liverpool supporter. Anybody that knows me knows that I've been supporting Liverpool since I was a wee lad. But having said that, and this is their year. They are going to win the Premier League. Man City, they're the team, the only team that beat them last season. Of course, they did beat Man City for the return leg. I predict this is going to be a draw, and here's why. Liverpool's front three are not scoring quite as prolifically as they have in the last two seasons. That's not bad. It's not the worst thing in the world because they've been doing it just like they did last season with a very, very stingy defense. In fact, the only defense that's stingier is Leicester City, and that's only by one goal. Man City, on the other hand, now they are uh, second uh, in the league, 25 points. They're 8-1-2 and two on the season. By the way, Liverpool 10-0-1. They're unbeaten. Um, on the other side, City's prolific attack has been what's kept them in the title race with the likes of uh, Sergio Aguero, Raheem Sterling. Look, this team is scoring an average of three goals a game, and that is a huge amount if you know anything about uh, the Premier League. That's a lot of goals to score on average. They have a few injuries at Man City. They've got uh, David Silva, Leroy Sané, and uh, Laporte is injured. That's certainly not helpful, but this is at Anfield, so you have to kind of swing it a little bit in Liverpool's favor. But look, these teams, they battle it out. These are the two best teams in England, and certainly two of the top four teams in Europe probably. Uh, I think this one smells like a draw to me, plus 240 Chelsea. Right, and you get a little value with that as well. Uh, let's go on to Newcastle and Bournemouth. Newcastle, uh, the odds have shifted a bit in this one. Uh, it started off at, uh, I believe, 153, plus 153. Uh, shifted to plus 160. Uh, draw is plus 220. 
Bournemouth is plus 175. And as I mentioned, a lot of these odds are changing as we speak. So uh, depending on the price that you get, uh, make your best decision. Uh, but who do you like in this one? Yeah, this is Newcastle Bournemouth. So this is at, this is at St. James's Park. This is in Newcastle. And look, neither one of these teams have been lighting up the goal-scoring records as of late. Bournemouth have only scored three goals in their last five matches. Um, well, Newcastle's fared just a little better. They scored five in their last five. Bournemouth have only won one in their last five, and that was last week's one will one nil unlikely win over Manchester United. Those bastards, they cost me my perfect record. I hate them. Okay. <laughs> Having said that, though, Newcastle are finally showing a little life under boss Steve Bruce. Um, they're two, two and one in their last five. They've got losses to Chelsea and Leicester. I mean, there's no no you know nothing no shame in that. They also haven't lost at home, though, since the opening day of the season, uh, which was a 1-0 loss to Arsenal. A win here would get them well clear of the drop zone. And actually, I think Bournemouth have been overachieving a little bit. Their lack of ability to score, you know, is really problematic. I like Newcastle for this one, Chelsea. You're telling me it's plus 163? Uh, that's up. I had it at plus 153, so that's even better value. Take it, take it, take it. All right, let's move on to uh, Leicester City and Arsenal. And uh, some line movement on this one as well. Uh, we're seeing it at plus 106. Some places even have them at minus 102. Uh, Nick was, I think, before the show we were talking, you had it at plus 132. So I yep. think some money is coming in yep. on Leicester City. The draw is plus 273. And Arsenal is plus 262. So first of all, let's talk about this line movement and uh, what you think that means. And then yep. also your opinion. Well, I mean, honestly, it means that the punters are starting to realize what I've known all along, which is that this is, number one, a really exciting fixture. Uh, Leicester City are flying high, their third spot on the table, uh, on the back of, quite frankly, a, uh, one of the youngest teams in the league, a very young manager whose results are finally keeping pace with his potential. Look, he was at Swansea, he was at Liverpool, he was at Celtic then, he got new teeth, he got a new wife, he, you know, he, he moved to Leicester. <laughs> Everything worked beautifully for Brendan Rodgers. He's considered really one of the best British managers out there. The Foxes are 7-2-2 two and two and are 6-1 in their last seven. I love this team, by the way. Uh, my friend John Barr at Finley Toyota picked them to finish in the top four. Before the season, he put a big bet on it, and it is certainly going to pay for him. On the other side of the equation, you've got Arsenal, and they have to be looking up at Leicester in third spot, saying, hey, wait a minute, that's where we're supposed to be. We kind of used to end every season in the top four, well, until recently. Uh, Arsenal are an absolute disaster under Unai Emery. Look, this team just isn't good enough. I'm sorry, Gunas. I, I don't mean any insult, but your team is just pure crap. And, you know, there was no better example of that than this midweek Europa League fixture where they gave up a 91st-minute goal uh, to uh, Vitoria <coughs> Guimaraes of Portugal in the Europa League for a 1-1 draw. Last-second goals, the Gunners have been conceding them all season long. Look, this is just not a good side. And I predict Leicester City at home, at the King Power, going to get another win. Three points for Leicester. Oh, plus 132 would have been juicy. You're telling me it's now down to 106. So be it. Take the 106 because Leicester going to win this one. As always, great stuff from Nick. Uh, also, Nick, where can people find you if they want to hear uh, even more soccer talk? Well, thank you, Chelsea. Thank you so much for asking. It's very kind of you indeed because <laughs> I, will be, I appear every Monday through Friday at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 6 p.m. on the left coast on Sirius XM 211, Dan Patrick Sports, and the Sports Byline Radio Network, and American Forces. 
and the award-winning SiriusXM app, um, where I give you this street soccer. We do this every day of the week. It is the only truly nationally syndicated radio show covering soccer in this country. And folks, you want to tune in. Don't be a numpty. Have some great football talk, some good footy talk with me. Yeah, and you can also make a little money on the side. Uh, speaking of, I will not be talking about child labor in our next segment, I promise, <laughs> before Protective Services. Uh, talks about taking away my baby already. I haven't even had it yet. Uh, we're back after the break talking NFL on Picks and Parlays. Two Picks and Parlays on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and also streaming live on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. If you search Picks and Parlays, we're usually the first thing that pops up. Always easy to find if you want to tune in that way. I'm your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find me here on the show, obviously, but also on Twitter if you want to drop me a line. My handle is just my name, at Chelsea Messenger. Right now, we're diving into some NFL with Chip Cherimis, who always keeps me guessing with his ties. <laughs> Chip, what's on well, your tie today? Well, we're so hot, I decided to do something that had to do with fire. We're like the Phoenix rising after that 0-5 Saturday I told you about. 19, excuse me, 16 and 4 in the last 20 college releases, 14 and 6 in the NFL, and we've got some great NFL action going, not only tonight, which is on the website, but for today's analysis as well. Right, and I see you're also 85% on your NBA picks. Not yeah, too shabby. Uh, no, no, we've been uh, trodden right along, you know, very disciplined and, and starting the season um, quite quickly in the NBA. Whereas in college football, we had a slow start, and now we're coming on like gangbusters. It's our time of the year, Chelsea. There's so many great events going on right now between the college football, college basketball is now underway, NBA, and, of course, the NFL. Right. So let's dive in to some NFL talk, and let's start with the Chiefs and the Titans. The Chiefs are favored in this one, minus six. Uh, I'm seeing the total as 48, but since we don't know for certain the status of quarterback Patrick Mahomes, right. Uh, there's been a lot of speculation, and this number definitely could change. Uh, the Titans are four and five, and four and five against the spread. Chiefs uh, six and three, five and four against the spread. As I mentioned, uh, it's going to be a big difference if Patrick Mahomes can play. That being said, Matt Moore has been pretty serviceable uh, as their backup. Uh, initial thoughts on this one? Well, my initial thoughts are the key, like you had mentioned, is will. Patrick Mahomes be in the lineup? Will he be playing? And how effective might he be? They're anticipating him to be playing here with this line at five and a half and six, like you had mentioned, because earlier in the week there were three and a halfs when there were doubtful, there were doubts as to whether he would be in there. So if he's not there, it changes the whole dynamics possibly of the game. But you know, Tennessee has to come and play defense no matter who Kansas City puts out there on offense. They're bringing Ryan Tannehill to play quarterback, and of course, Mike Travis Henry has gotten stronger as the season's gotten along. He's getting healthy. Not Travis Henry, Derrick Henry. Derek Travis Henry. Henry used to play for. <laughs> used to be a great for? running back, but continue. I'm always, I'm always uh, transposing did he play for the names. Bills? Travis I'm always, Henry. I'm always transposing names. You know, I'll be calling the Steelers, the Pirates, and things along those. So you're going to have to bear with me well, somewhat. your picks are good. That's all that matters. I, you know, as long as I'm going to come up with a winner when you log on, I guess that's the way to look at it. But Tennessee has gone over um, six of their last eight at home. And Kansas City um, has been amazing on the road. They've gone 18-7 and seven against the points on the road, but only 2-5 and five when they've gone and played at Tennessee. The quarterback situation has this game in flux. But one thing that is manageable here is that Kansas City is 11-4, and four, in their last 14 road games, 
The Titans are 6-2 and two over in their last eight home games. I think the way to go here, no matter who's quarterbacking, exploit the weak defenses and play the Tennessee Titans and the Kansas City Chiefs to go over the total. Oh, one stat that I mentioned last week that I have noticed uh, as a Titans fan, uh, okay. the Titans are actually 3-0 and to the, uh, the over when Tannehill is quarterback as opposed to 5-7 of seven to the under when Mariota is quarterbacking. And granted, you can't pin that all on Tannehill because right. the offense has still been struggling. And it's been a team that's really hard to trust as a better. Uh, not only have they, I mean, they've covered in two of their last three, but it's been a tough team to watch. Uh, they had 11 penalties for 99 yep. yards and in uh, their last game, a 30-20 to 20 loss against the Panthers. Uh, so... As a better, I would not want to bet the Titans. Well, it, it's tough since they lost McNair. I mean, they really haven't had that quarterback that they've been looking for. Mariota's been a major disappointment. I mean, coming out of Oregon with his speed and his quickness and accuracy, I thought he'd be able to make it in the NFL. But, you know, he's very fragile. And he hasn't gained weight like a number of the other quarterbacks as the seasons and as their career progresses so that they can stave off injury. He's been very fragile. And um, that... Tennessee offense has suffered because of it. But like you said, with Tannehill, maybe they have a few more options and uh, they're a little buoyed by his presence. I think this game goes over. Right, and another thing of note, uh, Malcolm Butler, the Titans' star cornerback, he is out for this game. And also, the defense has been trending downward. Uh, last week, they allowed 30 points, and then it was 23 the week before that, and 20 uh, the week before that. And previously, 20 points had been the most points they had allowed in any of their games. So the defense uh, showing some holes as of late. Let's move on to another game on schedule. Let's go Rams-Steelers, an interesting one here. Uh, Rams are minus 3.5. The total sits at, I think it's 44. 44. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. It could be no. a 9. It, no, that, it's <laughs> and 44. Really and, and by the way, <laughs> I'm still wondering why Malcolm Butler hasn't played for the Patriots in the Super Bowl yet. But... The Rams come up after a bye, a bye week, and they haven't had a real football game in four weeks, Chelsea, because they come off playing Atlanta and Cincinnati, and now they have a bye week. This team has been soft so far this season. Maybe they're gearing up for the second half of the year because as Super Bowl loser, it's sometimes it's pretty tough to start the season uh, on top knowing that it's a drudgery and you have to still win in the playoffs. The Rams' golf has been kind of inconsistent. Um, it's sort of like they've slept walked through the first half of the season. But I want to tell you something about Pittsburgh. Now, here's a Steeler team that started the year, Chelsea, losing 33-3 against the Patriots. And I think most people from that point on really sort of wrote them off and said, you know, they don't have big chest, small brain um, Brown with them anymore. And they don't have, of course, Roethlisberger's hurt. <laughs> but they've scored 26, 20, 27, 23, 24, 27, and 26, no matter who was quarterbacking. So I think with Mason Rudolph maturing, and this team having had 19 turnovers to their benefit this season, I think this game against the Rams goes over the total. I don't think the Rams are where they were last year when they made it to the Super Bowl. And I think that Pittsburgh might be able to pull the upset. I don't know point spread-wise. I'm more convinced that this game will go over the total. Uh, some injury notes on this one. Brandon Cooks, uh, wide receiver for the Rams. He's out for this one. Uh, and also, I'm wondering if Todd Gurley's ever going to step up uh, and be that running back that they expect him to be. Right now, he's only averaging 3.9 yards per carry. Uh, meanwhile, the Steelers' defense has looked a little better. They're third right. in the NFL in interceptions and also second in a turnover differential. So, 
I think some people like the Steelers here, but you I don't know. You, uh, it, it's hard to trust this team. You talked about load management, I guess is what we'd call it with Todd Gurley, and I agree with you. Um, this mm -hmm. team had more balance and more explosiveness when he would... He was healthy. Is he healthy? We still can't figure it out. I mean, this guy has had a major operation before the Rams drafted him and then came out and had a great season. And then toward the end of the season, they just virtually negated his impact and, and didn't use him very much at all. I, I think that's part of the problem here with the Rams is they don't have that running game. And, and Gurley has been the big question mark. Right, but you like a, did you say over or under? Yeah, I like it to go over because of the, the Steelers, um, they seem to be vulnerable. They create turnovers and score points. I just think that on a, um, on a situation here that there's going to be a running up and down the field with these two teams or a passing. Um, Pittsburgh knows they have to score some points. Um, they're a little bit more vulnerable on defense. It is no longer the steel curtain that we once believed in previously. But I think uh, this game should go over the total. All right, let's move on to an AFC North matchup here. The Ravens and the Bengals squaring off here. The Ravens are minus 10, total is 44. And the Ravens, of course, uh, probably the highest they've been on the hype train uh, since they're coming off that big win over the Patriots in dominant fashion. They're 6-2, and 3-4-1 against the number. Bengals are 0-8, 3-6 <laughs> <laughs> against the spread. Uh, Chip, what's the number you like on this one? The total, well, the Ravens, or the Bengals? I, I'm going I'm to take a side in this game, and I'll, I'll, I'll give you one of the reasons. is obviously the kind of game that the, the Ravens had over New England. I mean, the whole country was there to see it. They totally dominated them. And, of course, they're going to have a lot of self-confidence. And I think that they're going to end up laughing. They're, 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 when they start watching the film of this Cincinnati Bengal team, who has yet to win a game and needs to win a game desperately, um, they're going to be wondering and they're going to understand why the Cincinnati Bengal fans are, are chanting they want Marvin Lewis back there because they just don't produce. They, they are starting a rookie quarterback out of NC State, Ryan Finley. Now, he threw the ball there at that level, and a lot of these uh, new rookie quarterbacks getting their initial starts, um, Chelsea, have done fairly well. I mean, we've seen it happen um, in New York with, uh, with Jones, who's then come back to the pack. We saw Gardner Minshew um, play well. Maybe he's going to step up, but Cincinnati needs a win in the worst way. They've had two weeks to prepare for this, and I think they're hungry. I think the Bengals are more hungry than the Baltimore, the Ravens are 0-4 the last four times they've gone to Cincinnati. And more importantly, the Ravens don't seem to be able to get up for teams with losing records. They got up for the Patriots last week, and we all saw that, and we all saw their intensity the entire game. Can they do that? Will they do that? Are they willing to do that this week? I doubt it. They're 0-6 against teams with losing records against the points. So Jackson's their leading rusher, and they certainly have a dynamic offense the way Harbaugh has it set up. You've got an extra blocker when your quarterback is your main, main running back, and whether he's going to be tested to throw the ball, we don't know here. Chelsea, and it may not matter because I think this game sets up all about attitude. The attitude is the Bengals are hungry, and they'll be scraping and clawing, and the Ravens are probably going to sleepwalk through this knowing that this 0-8 team, when it comes to the fourth quarter, they can turn it on when they want and win, and I don't expect them to cover this point spread. Uh, you're an experienced better. Uh, what, do you, what do you think? Uh, obviously, we talked about the Ravens being on a national stage right. and obliterating the Patriots. Do you think this number's too high, and is that why you're taking the Bengals? Do you think just the public no. consensus uh, is a little skewed too much? 
No, I, I'm not, it's, it's not the number. And usually I, I do really take the number into consideration. I think it's the situation. Um, the Ravens coming off that huge win, the notoriety, they've been carrying it with themselves all week. And the fact that the Bengals had two weeks to get ready. And they, these teams that are desperate, if you notice Miami, before they won, they were a point spread darling. They had covered the spread three, four times. And, and it just looks like right. that's the way it's going to go to me. All right. As always, great NFL talk from Chip Cherimbus, who's also been uh, really hot with yeah. a lot of his picks. So listen up. Uh, we're back after the break with college football rapid fire here on Picks and Parlays. Welcome back to Picks and Parlays on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and also streaming live on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. I'm your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find me every day on Twitter. My handle is just my name, at Chelsea Messenger. Right now, we are to the part of the show where we do college football rapid fire. That means a lot of games, a lot of picks, and hopefully a lot of ways to make some money. We've got Craig Trapp, we've got Tony T, both joining us for a great week of college football. Some weeks in college football are kind of a snooze fest. This is not one of them. Uh, we start off bright and early, out of the gates, especially on the West Coast, uh, with a matchup of two undefeated teams, uh, Penn State and Minnesota. Uh, number five, Penn State, is favored in this one. Uh, minus six and a half. The total is 48. Uh, as in, I might have mentioned, maybe I forgot, both of these teams are undefeated. However, the resume is a little stronger for Penn State, probably why they're favored. And they're also in the top four in the college football uh, playoff rankings. Tony T, let's start with you. Who do you like in this one? All right, we're looking forward to this uh, week. Uh, this month, the best uh, month in college football is November. And I'm going to take the points with Minnesota plus seven. We see the total in this one, 47. But, uh, well, Penn State will face their, the best offensive opponent on the road this uh, year. And, um, of course, the Golden Gophers offense, they have been moving the football. I'll be against, you know, not the strongest schedule, but you got to play who's in front of you, and they've been able to move the football 463 yards. And they're defending, holding opponents to 232 yards, 48% completion rate. They did pound uh, Nebraska at home. And, of course, we saw Penn State's toughest test on the road. Struggle getting points in a win at Iowa, but uh, Tanner Morgan has been accurate this, this season against the Big Ten, and uh, the Lions' offense less than 300 yards their past three games. I'm going to go ahead and take the points in this one with Minnesota plus seven. Minnesota is also 5-0 and oh against the spread uh, in their last five. Craig, do you like Minnesota in this one, or are you going the other direction? I'm actually going to the total here. I think uh, this Penn State team, they've been really good on defense. In fact, the under has cashed five of the last six games. I think, like Tony said, this Minnesota's defense has been pretty good as well. But, of course, you know, maybe some questionable competition. But I think this week, um, it's going to be a lot about defense here. I think the total says that, 47.5. I still like the under in this one. I think this is going to be a really good game. I think if I was taking the side, I do think I would take the home underdog here. As I think, you know, just don't forget Penn State has uh, some crucial uh, games on the schedule with Ohio State coming up which also is in the top four of the playoffs as well. So uh, let's take the under 47 and a half as our top play, though. Next up, we've got Baylor and TCU. Number 11, Baylor is favored in this one, minus two and a half. Uh, the over-under is 48. Baylor, of course, is 8-0 this season, 4-4 four four against the spread. TCU, 4-4 four and 3-5 four and and against the spread. Uh, Tony T, starting with you, do you like Baylor in this one or TCU? Yeah, we've seen a line move here. TC did open favorite. Now it's Baylor favorite two and a half. I'm going to take the points, the home underdog again with the Horned Frogs. Hey, look, they have Baylor's number. They've won 
four straight against the Bears, eight of their past 10 head-to-head meetings. At home against the Big 12, what the Horn Frogs have wins against the Longhorns and Jayhawks. I'm kind of looking at the home road splits, kind of favoring TCU in this one because their quarterback, Max Duggan, uh, kind of been up and down. But at home, he has his act together, 70% completion rate. And, of course, 273 yards uh, against Texas and uh, 73% completion rate against Kansas. Uh, Baylor's past three games, their defense, though, give up a lot of yards here, nearly 400 yards, 251 passing. And uh, I prefer to take the points here, the home underdog, with TCU. Craig, what's the play on this one for you? Well, usually when the line moves like this, when you when you go from having the home favorite to the home underdog, usually I would be with Tony here with TCU. But you know, this Baylor defense has been pretty good and I think that's the key here I think it's going to be a little lower scoring than um, than probably what we would expect in past years with Baylor and TCU squaring off and I think uh, Baylor does just enough at that two and a half I would be careful here if it goes to three I think I wouldn't play this game but um, as it is right now um, it looks like it'll stay at two and a half we'll take Baylor minus two and a half in uh, a really good big 12 matchup uh, hopefully if you if you have the ability to watch this and you can all right, moving on to what some people are calling the game of the century. And if you have ears, you've probably heard somebody talking about this game. It's LSU at Alabama. Alabama's favored minus six in this one. The over-under is 63. LSU and Alabama, of course, both in that college football uh, playoff top four. So this game has big implications for both teams, uh, both teams in the SEC West. So uh, a big title matchup in this one uh, when it comes to the SEC it could be uh, some foreshadowing of uh, I forgot where my trail of thought was going <laughs> I'm sorry <laughs> but let's keep going uh, LSU 8-0 Alabama 8-0 Tony T let's start with you who do you like in the game of the century well, I'm going to take the points again. I'm going to take LSU plus the six. Tuel looks like he's going to play. All the indications are that he's healing from that injury, and the process is going good. That was reported yesterday. Uh, but I just like to look at this Tigers offense. You know, over their past three games, they're averaging 477 yards and 163 on the, on the ground. But Joe Burrow, LSU quarterback in that span, 313 yards passing, 77% completion rate. You know, those numbers came against Auburn a down Mississippi State team, but Florida. So two really good teams there. You know, Alabama, you got to deal with concerns, of course. How is that ankle going to handle handle this type of game? For two, will it be wrapped? So take a look at look at his ankle there if you're into in-game to see how he's moving around. So take a look at his flexibility. And, of course, uh, my concern here is how the Alabama defense looked against the two best quarterbacks they faced in Kellen Mond and Helinski from South Carolina. They allowed 264 yards passing to the Aggies. 324 to the Gamecocks, and we saw what Clemson did to Alabama's defense in that uh, championship game. I'm going to take the points here with with LSU. Uh, also, something to keep in mind: Alabama has won the past eight straight in this matchup, including last year's 29 to nothing uh, win. So Alabama might have LSU's number, and Joe Burrow was there last year, uh, and they got shut out. Granted, he's doing a lot better this season a Heisman Trophy candidate. Craig, do you like the points in this one or do you like the tie? Well, actually, this is my top play of the week, my SEC game of the week uh, going here. And I think this is going to be a heck of a matchup. Of course, Joe Bur Burrow is actually the Heisman uh, front runner right now as far as the odds are concerned. So this could uh, be a big win for him, uh, for, you know, for the Heisman, uh, his Heisman chances. And of course, Tua coming back. But I have this as my SEC game of the week. You can get it at picksandparlays.net. All right, moving on to Iowa and Wisconsin. Number 16, 
Uh, Wisconsin favoring this one minus nine and a half. The total is really low in this one, 38, but for good reason. Iowa uh, has made a living off of their defense. The under is hit in six of the last seven. Tony, who do you like or what's the play in this one? Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and take the points here. Iowa plus nine and a half. I just think it's a little too many points here. This looks to be a defensive struggle with such a low total. But as you said, the Hawkeyes making a living with their defense, holding teams up 285 yards. And they're defending the run at 2.6 yards per attempt. And I just don't know how Jack Doan is going to be able to throw the football downfield. Uh, you know, he, he completes, what, fewer than half, half of his uh, passes uh, in five of his past six games. Actually, you know, in six of his past eight games, you should say. He just has not been accurate throwing the football downfield. It's going to be one of those grinders here, but I'm going to take the points here with Iowa. All right, Craig, agree, disagree, or do you like a yeah. side? I do agree. I think Iowa is a strong play this week. Almost made a, my Big Ten game of the week, actually, because I just think Iowa's defense will be able to take the one run away at least enough to keep it within um, single digits. And with that line being at nine and a half, I, I just think Iowa's the play here. I think Iowa obviously showed against Michigan um, where, I mean, they didn't do anything on offense. They still kept it within single digits. I think you're going to see a similar low-scoring game. Even though it's a total of 38, I would also lean on the under as well as Iowa gets it done against the spread at the worst this week. Next up, we've got number 20, Kansas State uh, at Texas. Texas is favored in this one, minus seven. Uh, the over-under is 58. K-State is six and two, and also six and two against the spread. Texas, meanwhile, is five and three and four and four against the spread. Uh, Tony, what's jumping out to you about this game? Well, a lot is, Chelsea. I like, I like this game a lot. It's going to probably be one of my best plays releases of the weekend from college football. Find it right now at picksandparlays.net. It's a premium play. All right, Craig, what you got for us? Well, I thought Kansas State it was pretty impressive in a, a what would have been a, a huge letdown spot, of course, after beating Oklahoma last week. Uh, had no trouble with uh, rival Kansas. And I think Kansas State continues uh, the, the good money for betters here as they've been very good this year and in years past, let's be honest, as underdogs, um, of course, new coach this year. So, But it hasn't mattered. I think Kansas State um, at plus seven here. We saw this line open, I think, either at five or five and a half. Now it's up to seven. So I'm going to take Kansas State with the, with the points here. I just think Kansas State, their ability to both run and pass, I mean, their balance is going to be hard to stop for a Texas defense that has not been good this year. Let's take Kansas State in the points. Right. Texas defense has been non-existent at times. And speaking of defenses that have been non-existent, let's move on to Iowa State and Oklahoma. The total in this one is 67 and a half. And Oklahoma is favored minus 14 and a half. Uh, Oklahoma, of course, has that offense that can score points in bunches. But of course, they're coming off that loss to K-State 48 to 41. Yeah, that's a high total in that one, too. Uh, Tony T, where are you leaning? Yeah, I'm going to look at taking the points here. Iowa State plus 14. Yes, I'm aware that Oklahoma may need style points, but Iowa State is no, uh, you know, they're going to come out here and play. They've been very competitive the past three seasons against the Sooners, covering the past three meetings. Now, Cyclones on this season, they played to many close games. They haven't lost by more than a touchdown. As we know about Oklahoma's loss here at Kansas State, uh, they failed to cover three of their past four on the, on, after that road loss. Iowa State, they are moving the football. Kind of one of these under-the-radar teams. 468 yards uh, on the, uh, of, um, 
offense here for this team. 329 through the air, and that's what I want. I want a quarterback who's accurate. That's Brock Purdy, 68% of his completion percentage right now. And I'm going to go ahead and take the points here with Iowa State plus the 14. Before the show, Craig and I were talking about this total being 67 and a half. Craig, are you touching this with a 10-foot pole, or are you picking a side? <laughs> yeah, I like – as crazy as it is, 67 and a half sounds like a lot, but not when you face uh, an Oklahoma defense that – I mean, they give up 40 to basically just about anybody uh, in the Big 12. And the Big 12, obviously not known for their defense. Iowa State's offense, I think, is going to easily put up 30 here. Oklahoma, they put up 45 in their sleep. So I think this one goes over in the 70s, easily going over here. So let's take the over 67.5. I also think that the, the points are good here as well. I think Iowa State, and I even see some 14.5s out there. So that would make it even better coming off the key number 14, of course. And our final game of the slate has a very low number Nevada, San Diego State. The total in this one is 39. 39. And San Diego State is favored minus 17 and a half. Tony T, what are these numbers telling you and who do you like? I like uh, the Wolfpack here, Nevada plus 17 and a half. I know this line has been pushed up because we've seen Nevada's uh, struggles on the road here against Wyoming and Utah State. But I'm going to tell you right now, I think the Cowboys and Aggies offense is better than San Diego State's. Uh, really, it's been a disappointment for this Aztec team. They're only averaging 20, about less than 23 points a game against uh, the Mount West. Uh, their last win was 20-13 against a bad UNLV team. Uh, they do have a home a loss to Utah State, scoring only 17. And, of course, uh, again, the thing with the Aztecs is they're only running the football at home for 2.7 yards a carry. You know, that was, that was their bread and butter was their ground attack. You know, we've seen a lot of their running backs in the NFL I think that's going to come to a stop, but they're just not getting the job done offensively. They're not, the quarterback has not been accurate. And this freshman quarterback from, from Nevada, Carson Strong, 65% of completion rate against the Mountain West. He's shown improvement. Give me the points here with Nevada. All right, quickly, Craig, who do you like? Easy. Under 39 here. Both of these teams, four and one to the under the last five games. I think it trend continues. I know it's a low total. They're telling you that for a reason. Under 39, Nevada at San Diego State. All right, just in time. That's our college football uh, rapid fire picks. We're back after the break on Picks and Parlays. Welcome back to Picks and Parlays on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and also streaming live on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, all of your favorite social media sites. If you want to find us, just search Picks and Parlays. We're really easy to find on all of those platforms. I am your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find me right here. And also on Twitter, at Chelsea Messenger is my handle if you want to give me a shout. We had a jam-packed show today. Uh, it's crazy to me that we have an hour show, and it just seems like it flies by. And we barely have enough time to cover all of these games. But we want to give you the most picks and the most value in our little time slot. Uh, right now, we're going to recap all of our picks from the day in case you were snoozing. Or if you're just now tuning in, no worries. We got you covered. Let's start with Premier League Soccer from Nick Gieber. Uh, Leicester City Arsenal taking Leicester City plus 132. Newcastle, Newcastle, excuse me, Bournemouth taking Newcastle plus 153. And then the big one, Liverpool, Manchester City. Nick likes the draw at plus 240. Moving on to our NFL picks with Chip Cherimis, uh, Kansas City, Tennessee. He likes the over to hit. 47 and a half. 
uh, in that one. Baltimore, Cincinnati taking the Bengals plus 10. And then the LA Rams at the Steelers taking the over to hit 44. Moving on to our college football rapid fire segment. Craig Trapp gave us these picks. Penn State, Minnesota taking the under 47 and a half. Iowa, Wisconsin taking Iowa plus nine and a half. K-State, Texas taking Kansas State plus seven. Tony T also gave us some picks. Penn State, Minnesota. He likes the Golden Gophers. Minnesota in this one plus seven. LSU, Alabama taking LSU and uh, the points. They're plus six and a half in that one. Nevada, San Diego State taking Nevada, the Wolfpack, to cover plus 17 and a half. K-State, Texas, and check picks and parlays for his premium pick. Those are our picks on picks and parlays. We'll see you same time, same place tomorrow on picks and parlays. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.